Welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast, a show all about real estate investing to help increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. Your host for today's episode is Chad Harris, my husband, a man who likes the rye bread on his Reuben only slightly toasted. Hello, 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 friends and fellow investors. So I have a great topic for us today. Uh, This is something that I was really working through a lot last year, and it's three metrics to help gauge your real estate portfolio and really focus on to try and increase the profitability. So especially in a market like we have right now where deals are tough to find and it really takes a lot of effort to increase your portfolio, using these metrics, we can try to make our portfolio, our existing rentals, much more profitable. Those three metrics are gross operating income, the acronym is GOI, Net operating income, acronym is NOI, and lastly, cash flow. How do you measure these or how do you figure these numbers out? So the the quick explanation is that gross operating income is just the total of the amount of money you bring in uh, for that specific property or your portfolio as a whole. That's it. Just all the income you bring in. So that includes rent, uh, fees, add-on packages, all kinds of things, anything that generates income. Now, net operating income, NOI, is your gross income minus all of your expenses. So once you subtract out any vacancy you had, maintenance, taxes, insurance, management, could be capital expenses, All of those come out for your NOI or your net income, right? It the thing that does not come out is your financing. So we're looking at that property or your portfolio of properties. GOI is all of the income that comes in. Then after you subtract out all of your expenses except for the financing, you get NOI or your net income. The income you kept after all of your expenses. Then finally, for cash flow, you take your NOI or your net income and subtract out what you paid on your financing. So that is the income that the property or portfolio kept after all of its expenses. And then after you make all the mortgage payments, your cash flow is what you are left with. So the cash that you actually kept in your hand um, after that period of time. That's the real quick explanation of those three figures. And those are really good, I think, to try and track what's going on with your properties. And you can manipulate each number differently. If you want your portfolio to make more money or to bring in more cash flow, which we all want, we all love cash flow, right? Then you can manipulate uh, different things in either of those categories to increase your end number, your cash flow. So I'm gonna go through some different ways to increase your cash flow and really affect all three categories. So to increase your gross income, right? If we want to increase our gross income, that 
um, more times than not is going to mean that it's going to increase our net income and increase our cash flow. So ways to increase your gross income. Easiest way is to raise the rents on your properties. So I don't know uh, about you, but I have a, a, a hard time keeping up with raising the rents every year and automatically doing that a small portion. So, and people give me a lot of grief about that. I know you can join the club and give me grief if you want. Um, but if you are able to raise the rents on your properties, whether they're in a month to month situation or the lease is coming up for renewal, by raising the rents, you automatically increase the income that's brought in. Another way to increase the income is to raise the fees. So you can increase fees associated with your properties. Those are application fees, uh, late fees. If you aren't enforcing late fees, you have to start enforcing late fees. Um, I still use a flat late fee. I know a lot of people and I'm going to start switching to a flat late fee plus a daily late fee. Other fees you can have, missed appointment fee. We have a uh, serve notice fee if we have to serve any kind of notice to the property. And all of those fees really add up and increase the total income for the property. In my experience, the people who end up getting charged a bunch of fees are really the tenants that we don't want in the house anyway. It's kind of a uh, financial tenant training in my mind. Either they get fed up with paying the fees and they make the changes so they stop getting charged or they end up moving on and we get somebody in there who actually can go along with the program and be an ideal tenant. Uh, raise your fees, that'll increase your gross income. Another great way to do it is to add like add-on packages or um, options to your lease. And these have been great for us over the years. Real common one is pets. You can have monthly pet rent if they wanna have a pet. So many people want to have a pet that that makes your uh, units more attractive over other units that don't allow pets. And you can add $25, $35, $50 per pet per month. That really adds up. And really, I found a lot of times people were having pets before and I was getting into an argument about whether they could have the pet or not have the pet. And now there are certain pets that need to be approved by the owner. And once they have those, uh, they can have the pet and are charged the pet fee. If any of our staff sees an animal there that's not approved, then they get an extra large pet fee. And we start the process of removing them or moving them on, having them um, correct the situation so that they can abide by the lease. So either they get that pet approved and the pet fee reduces or they move the pet out. But that's a great way to raise income. You can get an extra $50, $75, $100 a month per house if you offer that. If the tenants are already in the houses and you're trying to raise your income, I would still send out a letter and say, hey, we have this new program where we're offering uh, or allowing our residents to have owner-approved pets. If that's something that would interest you, give our office a call. And that's a great way to increase the income of your existing units with really doing very little additional work. 
Um, some other things you can add, I've done a whole lot of appliance rentals. A lot of tenants, for whatever reason, are very used to the rental model, right? They're renting furniture, they're renting appliances, and they're okay with that monthly payment. But they have a hard time, especially when they're moving in, coming up with the money for an appliance. That's another service we offer. If they would like to rent to own an appliance, then we'll offer a used appliance rent to own where they pay monthly for that appliance and end up paying much more than we did up front for that appliance. That's the nature of rent to own. So if you're not sure exactly how to structure that, um, you can do what I did and just go into an appliance rental store and see what terms they offer. And I structure mine similar to those. They're much better terms than appliance rental stores, but it's a similar structure because that's what people are familiar with. That's what they understand. Um, another one that's really good to offer is yard care. So a lot of people don't like to mow their lawn. We have some multifamilies and have a lawn service already taking care of those yards. So if other people want to include yard service into their lease, we can just add it to the list um, that's already being taken care of. So all of these ways, all of these lease add-ons really are ways that you can help serve your tenants. So they see it as a real benefit and it immediately adds to the total income that you get from your rentals. It's a win-win, we like win-wins. Other ways you can increase your gross income is by reducing the turnover time on vacancies. And this is a big one if your units normally sit two weeks, three weeks, four weeks before somebody moves back in and starts paying rent again. Every week that it's empty, you're losing that rent. So just by reducing that period of time between tenants, you will increase your income for the unit. And obviously, if you add units, you'll increase your income automatically, your gross income. Adding units always affects gross income. So those are some real easy ways to increase your gross income. Now, increasing your net income is more related to reducing expenses, right? So your gross income uh, minus expenses is your net income. So if you can't increase your gross income, your existing gross income, if you reduce your expenses, your net income will increase. So a few ways to do that are to reduce your turnover. And you can do this in a whole bunch of different ways, but turnover is by far the biggest expense. And so reducing turnover usually comes down to providing better service for your tenants. You can provide some kind of reward for them to stay. You know, there's uh, programs to get them to sign longer leases or to give them some kind of gift every time they renew their lease. It, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to structure that. But anything you can do, even if it's a small expense, to keep them in that unit longer reduces your expenses long term. So um, if you can figure out a way to do that, that is really key and important. Um, we used to offer gift cards to tenants every time they renewed their lease and I enjoyed that but didn't really see a correlation with that gift 
between the ones who earned the gift cards and the ones who stayed. We still offer rewards and different options for our residents, but I think the biggest one is just serving your residents well and taking good care of them. So I like to send, we send birthday cards out to anyone living in the house on their birthday, try to make all the interaction very personal. And I think that's what really goes a long way. Um, another way to increase your net income is training tenants for less maintenance. And this is a big one. You know, for a while we had main drains that kept backing up and it was driving me crazy. And I was getting frustrated with the tenants, almost like they were intentionally doing it. And eventually I realized or came um, to the understanding that in most situations, they didn't know what was causing the main drain backup. They didn't know that it was really their decisions or their choices causing it and bringing it about. So we started doing more education or tenant training on what to put in a drain or what gets flushed and what doesn't get flushed. Um, another one is the furnace. How often do you change the furnace filter? Why do you change your furnace filter? What benefits are there for them or their family in changing a furnace filter? So if you can really uh, educate or train your tenants on proper maintenance of the house, then that'll reduce your maintenance costs. And I mean, it's better off for them as a family if they take care of it and they have a very nice house rather than waiting for a maintenance man to fix it. So it's always in their best interest. Present it that way. Um, they want a nice house, great conditions for their family. Um, another way to uh, reduce your expenses or increase your net income is by having tenants pay for maintenance. So this was a big one when I started implementing that. In the early years, I didn't really have tenants pay for maintenance at all. And I had a hard time documenting what was caused by damage, what was caused by normal wear and tear. And I had a hard time conveying to the tenant a distinction. And so a couple years ago, we had in our leasing process a very clear description of what is damage, what is um, ongoing wear and tear or normal wear and tear. And we spelled out to the tenants, if they damage this, what it will cost. That has worked out very well. A lot of times they'll uh, call in, have a, or turn in a maintenance request online and we'll give them an estimate and they'll go ahead and pay ahead of time. The maintenance is still getting done and the hours with that contractor are being paid for um, by the tenant. Great way to increase our net income. Another one, if you have regular em employees or contractors that you keep busy with a set number of hours, um, some things that I've done over the years were to try to have them work on projects that were funded outside of the rentals. If I'm trying to give them 40 hours a week, let's say, and my rentals only take 20 hours a week, then I'll try to have a flip project or something else going on that's funded, not from the rents. And so the contractors can work their 20 hours on the rentals average and the other hours 
when they're still getting their full 40 hours, but the other hours are being paid basically from another account. So that's a good way to reduce your costs so you're not just burning hours on contractors trying to keep them busy if you're at that stage in your scale. Okay, the third one, cash flow. If your gross income is really good, you've worked on pulling or getting the most money out of your units, your net income is good because you've reduced your expenses, then the final metric is your cash flow. And your cash flow really um, comes down to the financing involved. So if you want to increase your cash flow you've are, and you've already done everything with your gross income and your net income, then really you're going to want to restructure the financing for your deals or for your uh, properties and portfolio. And this could be huge. You know, in the beginning, private money, I was doing amortized loans over eight years. I think I had a couple five years even in the very beginning. And so my payment was very high. Later, I started doing the loans interest only for many years. So those, the payments were very low. Just that minor tweak of my financing changed my cash flow dramatically. If you're not trying to build up a ton of equity in your properties and you're struggling with cash flow, a great step to really impact your cash flow would be to refinance, restructure your financing so that it goes from an amortized payment to an interest-only payment. You're not going to have that equity pay down on your loan but it'll help your cash flow a lot. Um, That's a good way to do it. Everything is going to end up being restructuring your financing. But another way I really like to increase cash flow with financing is when I buy a new deal, I like to make the initial financing zero payments so that interest payment accrues with the principal and then I'll refinance it out in a year or two. So that would make me have one or two years where I have cash flow from that property just like it was paid off. So there's no financing payment. You know, you can get cash flow at $700, $800 a month from a single property very easily. And our market, I know rents are much lower than many other markets. So it doesn't take a whole lot of those deals each year to increase your cash flow. And you just add more of those the next year when you refinance and change that payment to an interest only or an amortized payment. I really love toying with the financing and getting creative with the financing to affect my cash flow. If that's something you want to talk more about, feel free to reach out to me. That's uh, one thing I really enjoy. Be glad to help you with. But really, all three of those metrics there's, there are ways, as we've discussed, to tweak each one. So I encourage you, maybe you're not adding a ton of units right now in this hot market, but there are a lot of ways you can increase your gross income off of those properties. And there's a whole bunch of ways to reduce your expenses, making your net income better. If you want to toy with the financing, you can really increase that cash flow too. So I hope that helps. I, uh, I hope the metrics excite you as much as me, because in the end, it means more money in my pocket, more money in our pockets, which is what we're after. 
Get out there, get it done, keep living your dreams. Till next time. Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey.